Well, amen. Good morning again. What would be something that we like to receive but don't like to give? Probably money. I heard somebody say money. I knew that was going to come up. How about patience? I want people to be patient with me, but I oftentimes lack in patience. So I'm going to talk about patience today. The fruit of the Spirit, patience. I would encourage you to, st- I ask you to stand with me and open up your Bibles uh, to the book of Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 13 to 26. Let's pray and let's see what God says to us today. Father, we thank you that you paid it all. We thank you that you are holy. We thank you that we've been redeemed. There's power in your blood. All that we sang today is so true, Lord. We thank you that you've given us the fruit of the Spirit. Forgive us, Lord, for so often not bearing fruit. We ask today, Lord God, as we look at your word, that yes, Lord, we would be convicted. We would also be edified. We'd be encouraged. We'd be strengthened. I pray nobody would feel hopeless or condemned because that's not what you do, Lord. You convict. And when you convict, you give strength to move on. You give strength to change. And so we rest on your promises and we rest on the strength and the power of your resurrection on our behalf to help us to live out the fruit of the Spirit. So encourage us this day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is what God says to us today. For you were called the freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the, by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Just by way of reminder, love, joy, and peace are God word. Patience, kindness, and goodness are manward towards each other. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are inward traits. So we look today at patience. Patience is the word markothemia. It means long-suffering, long-tempered, or slow to anger, also known as slow to anger. God in his essence, yes, this is manward, but these are the fruits of the Spirit. They're divine in nature. The Holy Spirit is just as much divine as the Father and the Son. They share the same essence. God in his essence is long-tempered 
or slow to anger. Again, the passage in Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. We should, we should have this memorized by this point, right? Um, but it is, it is the first place in Scripture where God gives a description of who he is. God gives a sermon about himself. This is Moses on the mountain asking to see the glory of God. And it says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the father on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. If you were to take the phrase slow to anger, it's arik apayim. It means slow to flare the nostrils. Literally is what it means. Think about it. What's the first sign you know that somebody's angry? <sighs> right? I see Ed's head's going, yeah, right? We know we've seen people do that or we do it ourselves, right? Their eyes get wide. Their nostrils flare. Uh-oh. We've just crossed a line. Something, something. We're not tracking in a good direction when somebody gets that expression on their face. I love how scripture is just so little, just, it's just so real. Slow to flare the nostrils. God, in being slow to flare his nostrils, is actually a mercy towards us. It's a mercy towards us. Lamentations 3.22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Because God is slow to anger. It's an aspect of his mercy. We're not consumed. See, patience is not a state of being, but rather a state of action. Patience is not a state of being. It is rather a state of action. To say I am being patient, probably not. My dog is patient. We have a dog scout. They're the greatest dogs ever on the face of the earth. He runs, we let him outside, and he goes and he grabs this little yellow ball, right? He has to have this particular yellow ball. My wife, the ball's chewed up. My wife bought three other lacrosse balls. He does not touch them. He knows his ball. And he sits on the ground, and he crouches like a lion, and he just sits there, and he waits for you to throw that ball, and if you, he just watches you. See, that's being patient, Right? He's doing something, actually, in that, but he's being patient. You and I, we're not patient that way. I don't sit and I wait calmly. Well, maybe you do. I, shouldn't, I, I don't want to besmirch you. But patience is a state of action. It moves towards. David Paulison, in his book, Good and Angry, says this, because patience is an aspect of God's anger. God's anger follows a certain pattern. It is embedded in tangible goodness and mercy. It arises slowly, slow to anger, and when it arises, it is actually an aspect of his moral goodness. It attacks only what is truly evil. God is patient in that he continues to actively treat people well, even when they are offensive and ungrateful. 
God does get angry, but it's the opposite of spiteful and irascible. Patience, by the way, does not mean you stay in a place that, in which you are unsafe. Somebody's acting aggressively toward you. Somebody's hurting you. You are not to stay in a Being patient doesn't mean you stay in a place where you are physically, emotionally, or even spiritually unsafe. Do we need to work towards forgiveness and restoration and healing and justice? Yes. But if you are in a situation in which you are endangered, don't think that me telling you that God says to be patient, that it means stay there and take abuse. That is not what was being said here at all, just to be clear. God is patient in his essence. And the Bible tells us that God's patience, the purpose and the reason of which God is patient is that it would lead a person to repentance. It's meant to lead us to patience, to repentance. Romans 2, 4 says this, do you presume on the, his kindness and forbearance and patience? You take God's kindness and goodness for granted? That's dangerous. Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God being patient is a mercy towards us meant to lead us to repentance. God is patient, and so we are also to be patient. And we can be because of the fact that we are created in God's image. We have, we possess the ability to be like God in the fact that we are created in his image. Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, says this, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. If we fail to be patient, we do not model God's righteousness. That's why James says this. Know this, my beloved brothers, in James 1, 19 to 20, let every person be quick to hear Slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, I read that and I say, well, if you were just slow to speak, I would be slow to anger. Why do you got to talk? Just be quiet and I won't get angry. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Man's anger is destructive. David Pallison, again, in the book Good and Angry, and I would encourage you to come Wednesday night. We're going through the book Good and Angry. This week, actually, is, is um, everyday irritations, right? Oh, no, not the, I'm off this week. Len is going to, that's right, I don't even know my own schedule. I will not be here this week. You, you're, you, you, go to the guy who knows what he's doing. Go to Len uh, this week. Man's anger is destructive. In two weeks, I encourage you to come to Good and Angry. He writes this about anger, man's anger. He says, but in real life, anger is the reaction that incinerates marriages, disintegrates families, it energizes gossip, and guns down classmates. It divides churches, turns friendships into enmity, and erupts in road rage. It is the stuff of every form of grievance and bitterness. Boy, is that not true? See, we are to be slow to anger. That is to be patient because when we get angry, when we are lacking in patience, what we are doing is making a moral judgment about something. 
making a moral judgment. If I react to something, it's because I'm making a moral judgment. We want to be careful how we judge. Because Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 2, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Those are scary words. Right? Don't I want to be like Christ? And hopefully people will be like Christ to me, will give me grace. But if I am judging people, God says, well, that's the judgment that I will use with you. It may not happen in this world. But it will certainly happen at the great day of judgment where the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on the great white throne will say, okay, this is how you lived your life. This is how you judge people. Well, that's the standard you want. Well, that's the standard I'm going to use for you. And from that point, there is no return. It's a scary thing. That's why the scriptures tell us not to be quick to be angry, but to be patient. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, be not quick in your spirit to become angry for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Since patience is an action, it acts sacrificially. It acts sacrificially. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are to be patient because God has been patient with us. We're to be patient. If I say I love somebody, I want to be patient with them. Now, this is extremely hard for me because my family's sitting right here in the front row. They're going, I would love to see that translated at home, right? <laughs> would love to see that happen. I'm hoping it is, I'm showing myself to be, but it's tough, right? This is, I have to first preach to myself. I really love somebody. If I say I love somebody, do I lie when I say I love them? The Bible tells us what love is. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. First thing that love is is what? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the tr- with the truth. Love hears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what love does. So love, by definition, and by the way, God gets to define words, not us. Right? God gets to define what love is. I don't get that. You know, love is love. This is what the world says. No, God says this is what love is. That's the definition of love. God says love is patient. God was patient with you and I. How does patience work itself out? How is it an action word? I like what David Paulison in his book, Good and Angry, and those of you who have been coming Wednesday night, I know you've heard this all. Don't tune it out. 
He, he, he says, he defines it this way, that God in moving towards somebody, being patient and kind and loving and all that love is, he calls it the constructive displeasure of mercy. I love that. The constructive displeasure of mercy. If I need to act in patience, by, it's telling me that I'm not, I don't like something. So, something is annoying me. Something is bothering me. Because I have to act in patience. I mean, does, does that make sense? Right? So what do you do in that? God, constructively, though displeased with what has happened, in a constructive manner of mercy, moves towards what is displeasing him. God moved towards us while we were sinners. While we were at odds with God, while we were at war with the Lord, he moved towards us in a constructive way with mercy. God had every right, has every right to literally incinerate this planet. And who's going to tell him he's wrong? Nobody. He has every right to. But yet he's choosing not to. See, God, in a constructive way, in mercy, moves towards. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. See, at the right time. You know, that means that God knows history. God knows when to act and when not to act. God is the, remember, the, remember our study in Hebrews, he's the creator of the ages. He's in control of the world and time and history. But you see, you also see in this God's patience for at just the right time. It tells us how God has been patient throughout history. How God has been patiently with humanity. At times that God dealt out justice and God give, yes, he does. He should, he does. But God has been patient and merciful throughout history in that he made a promise within himself before time began. You've heard the covenant of grace. Well, the covenant of redemption, I'm sorry. Within the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, in which the Father and the Son said we're going to create human beings. And by, by the nature, by just by nature of them being created, they need to be redeemed because they're not us. And so we're going to redeem them. We're going to have a plan in place to redeem mankind. And the son goes to this world and and sacrifices himself in the form of a man. And the spirit comes and, and empowers and strengthens his people. We know that as the covenant of grace. We receive God's grace. God was patient in the garden. Where God said, Adam, the second you eat of this fruit, you're dead. But God showed his patience. God showed his mercy. Because God said three words. Adam, where are you? Four words. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Those are words in which God moved towards Adam in mercy. When God had every right to move towards Adam to destroy Adam. 
By the way, God didn't need to find out where Adam was to destroy him, right? He, he knew where Adam was. God, whenever God asks a question, it's never for him to gain information, right? It's only to bring out from the other person. God was merciful. God was patient. God was working in mercy and kicking Adam and Eve out of the garden so they would not have access to the tree of life. God has been patiently working through history in the promise that he made to Satan, not to Adam, to Satan, where he said, I'm going to crush your head one day. There's going to be a promised seed. And God has been patient through history, bringing about the promised seed till God's patience came to fruition in the person of Jesus Christ. So at the right time, Jesus Christ came into the world. See, God moves towards God in patience and in love and in mercy. All of those things are an aspect of who God is. Moves towards with the constructive displeasure of mercy. I'm going to fix. I'm going to work towards restoring what is irritating me, what is offending me. That's what patience is. It's not just sitting there going, okay, I can't wait for this to get over. Isaiah 59 puts it this way. Gives us this picture of God moving towards something that displeased him. In Isaiah 59, 15 to 17, it says, The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. So God is upset at something. And so God, in in patience, moves towards something. He said he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. So God saw something that displeased him. By the way, God sees everything that displeases him. He also sees everything that brings him joy. He sees all things, knows all things. So God, in his patience, moves towards that which offends him, that which uh, goes against him in mercy and love. I was thinking about the fruit of the Spirit yesterday morning. And I thought to myself, how would I be able to write? If I were to write, and I would encourage you to try this, take the fruit of the Spirit and write a description of God using the fruit of the Spirit. Because these are God's, these are God's characters, character, characteristics. They're what make up God. This is what I came up with. Hopefully it's a blessing to you. And you'll see the fruit of the Spirit highlighted on the screen. As I was contemplating God and the fruit of the Spirit, this is what I wrote. God in love moved towards me, his offender, through, giving, through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ, as an atoning sacrifice on my behalf. Good enough right there. Could stop right there. Jesus did this with joy, despising the pain of the cross because his peace was in the Father. God displayed his incredible patience through time in that he did not destroy me, but has been moving towards me in kindness and goodness, leading me to repentance. 
God, in faithfulness to his covenant, is guiding me as a gentle shepherd. God, in full self-control of himself and my world, is working out all things for my good and his glory. That's what God is doing today. That is what God is doing for his children. God is patient. We are to be patient. How many of us would say, I struggle with patience? Maybe it comes out in the little things. Maybe it comes out, we'll use driving. I, I got to stop you. Everybody thinks I'm like, I have like incredible road rage. I don't have incredible road rage. Do I get frustrated? Yes, I do. You'll be not like, what is this guy doing? Like, you know, come on, right? How do you practically live out the fruit of the Spirit? How do you become like Christ? There is but one way, and one way only. It's abiding in Jesus Christ, planting yourself within himself, within, within the Father, literally is what it means, to, to make your home. The word abide means to make your home with, to set up shop with, however you want to put it. To make sure that you are connected to the Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way. If I am lacking in study, if I'm lacking in prayer, if I'm lacking in community, it's going to be real hard to live out the fruit of the Spirit. I may have to have a veneer of it, but the fruit of the Spirit goes so much beyond what you see on the outside. I can act patient, but on the inside, I'm anything but patient. I can act loving, but on the inside, I'm anything but loving towards you. Matter of fact, you don't want to know what I'm doing to you inside my head. You've been there too. Jesus says this. You want to be patient. You want to live out the fruit of the Spirit. There is one way and one way only. There's not multiple ways. Jesus tells us in John 15, 1 to 12, and we're actually going to end with this. I understand it's a little bit shorter today, but we have communion and we're going to have fellowship and we're going to do something a little bit different in the big room today. Are you lacking in patience? Are you lacking in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Are you struggling in any of those areas? Here is the secret. Is it an instant cure? No. This is something that happens over developing a pattern. A pattern over and over again, repeating a pattern, having a lifetime, right? It takes people a lifetime to build faithfulness. But are we moving forward? There's one way. Jesus says this in John 15, 1 to 12. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. All right, you think you're a Christian and you're in Christ, but yet you're not living a Christian way. You're not in Christ. You're out. You are bearing fruit. You're going forward. You have forward momentum. Well, God's going to prune you that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. In other words, 
I can't do this alone, and you can't do this alone. I can't become patient in and of myself. I can't become loving and joyful and kind and gentle and self-control. All those things are not natural to any one of us. We need to be in the Father, abiding with the Father, and all that comes with that. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. You and I are the branches. He, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. It's a very clear teaching Jesus gave right there of hell. If you are not bearing fruit by abiding in Christ, since you're cut off, you withered, and you're thrown into the fire and burned. It says, however, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, well, here we go. How can my words, how can the words of Christ abide in me? That I am studying God's word, I'm reading God's word, I'm in Bible study, I'm in community with one another. I can't stress enough to you. I would encourage you to come to community groups. Come to Bible study. I understand we all have busy lives and things are going on and we got to run around. We had five kids growing up. We understand all that. You have to be at everything? No. But let me ask you, could you be at more than you already are? If we were to actually take stock of the importance of what we're doing, what is more important than studying God's Word? If we were to really just take a stock of it, I'm not trying to beat anybody. I'm trying to encourage you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Well, again, if we abide in his words, we understand what it means by ask whatever you wish. It's not whatever you wish because I'd be a billionaire by now. He says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So what is it we should ask of God? That he says, and I'll grant it to you, God, may I bear more fruit. Ask that of God. And then God will begin to prune you. And he'll put you in situations where you have to use patience. And you'll say to God, uh, this isn't exactly what I meant by letting me grow in the spirit because I don't want to be tested. I just want it to be given to me. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did. By this, my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Prove to be God's disciple. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He says, the reason I'm telling you this, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. It's when we're abiding in Christ. Striving to abide. Are we going to be perfect in it? No. Striving ends in glory. But no wonder the psalmist says that in your presence there is fullness of joy. This is my commandment that you love one another as I love you. 
Greater love has no one in this than someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, the embodiment of patience, moved towards us, his offenders. Moved towards us in patience and kindness, bearing with us. And so we are to be patient with each other, bearing one another's burdens moving towards each other. There's strife in your life. You are lacking patience with somebody. How can you move towards that person in a constructive way to bring about the grace of God for yourself and for them? Patience is action. Patience is sacrificial. It takes something to sit there and go, I'm not going to give in to my impulse. I'm going to absorb whatever it is, and I'm going to move towards that person in love. I'm going to move towards them in mercy. It's hard. It's not easy. But we're able to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. God has moved towards us in patience. And so we, if we abide in Christ, will prove to be his disciples. And we ourselves will grow in patience and bring glory to the Father. May that be our goal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. You are the God of patience. You have been so patient with us. You are so patient with us. You are so kind to us. You are so merciful to us. Father, we don't deserve your kindness or your goodness. And yet you are because your love for us is so great. Well, Father, help us to love you. Help us to prove our love to you by bearing much fruit. That we would bear the fruit of the Spirit. That we would grow in love and joy and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Father, help us. I know for many, Lord, and even myself, the Spirit is definitely willing, but the flesh is weak. Come strengthen your children, Lord. Help us to abide in you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we come to the table.